What is up, ambitious listeners? Super special episode coming at you today on this fantastic Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. As we conclude a fantastic day, I wanted to kind of wrap things up um, on this Father's Day. If you're listening to this on a Monday, Tuesday, whatever, this is a special Father's Day episode that really felt right to post today because Gabriel Flores Jr., his father, as you know, Gabriel Flores Jr., based on the title, is my guest today. He's a fantastic guy boxer and it was really cool to sit down with him and you'll get to hear his story uh sparked by just a want to get better want to box and the dog within him has never faded as he's now 21 and 1 and on his way to bigger and better things so we talk about all of that in today's episode but his father gabriel flores senior kudos to him is his trainer manager closest confidant and we talk about that a little bit throughout the episode but just by their relationship and for all the fathers out there who have those fantastic relationships with their sons kudos to my father and all the inspirational men in my life um thank you guys for everything and for gabriel flores senior you did a fantastic job raising this young man so today's episode is a father's day special episode in honor of the great fathers out there and my guest guest today is Gabriel Flores Jr., a fantastic young boxer who's going to do great things, and he details all of those, his journey, so much more in this great, great episode. And it's coming at you after a quick word from our presenting sponsor. You know him. You love him. Liquid IV. It is officially summer, and as the temps get hotter and the sun burns brighter, you're going to need to stay hydrated. You're going to need to keep that energy up to enjoy all the hours of sunshine provided throughout your summer. And the best way to stay hydrated and maintain that energy and focus is with Liquid IV, the one-stop shop for hydration, energy, and all that good stuff you can get with these supplements. My favorite flavors are passion fruit and lemon ginger. I've always loved those. I know I've been giving out some of my liquid IV flavors to some of my friends as well, getting them to sample it as well. They've tried the peach flavor or the pear flavor, I think it is. It, it was fantastic. I tried it myself. Great flavor. Liquid IV just keeps coming out with innovative flavors. They are wherever you look at this point. I remember when they started on this podcast, it was just liquidiv.com or check out liquid IV socials. Nope. Whatever store you go to pretty much at this point, Liquid IV is there. Liquid IV is a fantastic supplement, as I mentioned, for hydration, refuel your energy, and do it in a healthy manner. All you have to do is pop one of these packets in with a water and get on with your day. Liquid IV is a fantastic product that I drink on the regular, and I could not recommend it enough. So please check out Liquid IV in your local stores, as well as liquidiv.com. That's liquidiv.com. And now back to the show. What is up and welcome to Ambitious with Dylan Price. I am Dylan Price and joining me on today's episode is a fantastic young boxer by the name of Gabriel Flores Jr., one of the top young up-and-coming fighters in the world, joins the show today, talk a lot about his career, his journey, and so much more. So thanks for coming on, Gabe. Really excited to sit down and chat with you. My pleasure. So going back to the start for you, what kind of inspired you to get involved with boxing? And when did you kind of know you were hooked on boxing? Uh, I got started as a young kid. Uh, my older brother was boxing really at the terrace. I used to always be in the garage watching him. And uh, at the time, I was playing like t-ball. And I asked my father when I turned seven, can I start boxing? He told me, yeah. But uh, before I turned seven, uh, I was in the gym with my dad in L.A., and uh, my older brother, who was born, 
And I told my father I wanted to get in there. I wanted to spar. He said, but you never even train. Why you want to spar? He just kind of laughed at me like I was joking. But uh, I told him, like, no, nah, I really do want to spar. And so he gave me a kid to spar. He's like, oh, there's nobody for you. He's a kid. He's too big. He's already older than you. Lower than you. A lot heavier. But I was like, I don't mind. I just, I just want to get in there. So I went in there, you know, sparred a bigger kid, real heavy. He had a lot. He had experience I didn't have. So I didn't do too well, you know, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being in the ring for the first time. My father asked me if I wanted to do it again. I was like, yeah, I want to. So ever since then, that's when, that's when I kind of got hooked, the first, first time sparring. So from there, what kind of was the process like? Obviously, you mentioned the first sparring match. Naturally, you were going to struggle a little bit and having no experience. But from there, how quickly did you start to kind of pick it up and start getting hooked on it, start getting better, and start taking down guys? Yeah. Pretty quick, because even though I didn't have no boxing experience, I always watched my brother. So, like, I learned just by watching him. So even though I wasn't doing too good in sparring, I was doing, like, boxing moves that I, that I knew already. So after that, we went to the gym when I turned seven. I was still six at the time. I didn't train after that. I waited till I was seven. And when I was seven, uh, I started training, and uh, I got everything together so quick, learned quick, because I was so used to watching my brother do it. I kind of already knew the steps. I felt like I already did it already because I've seen it so much. So when Top Rank decided to sign you, you were regarded by many as one of the top up-and-coming prospects, and then you went on to have your pro debut 10 years after, actually, you started going to the gym at 17 years old. What was that kind of process like, getting signed, and then kind of the quick turnaround to your first pro fight? Uh, it was good, man. I felt great. It was crazy to be signed that early. Uh, I was signed at 16. So I didn't expect to be signed that early, that young. You know, I always knew it was going to happen, but I never thought it would happen that soon. So uh, I took it all in. And uh, my pro debut, I just fought at home. You know, uh, it was in Reno, Nevada. It's only three hours away from my hometown, Stockton, California. So uh, a lot of people made it out. And uh, it just, I felt good. I felt comfortable when I walked in that ring. So one thing that's kind of different about you, there's a lot of boxers who have their father heavily involved in their training, but not necessarily as one of the key parts of their training and the key parts of their career. Your father has been likely your most reliable trainer, most reliable confidant for everything this far in your career. What's that like knowing that versus a kind of another fighter going in with a trainer who they maybe they don't have that deep of a connection with you are literally blood with your trainer and that is your father so what is that kind of like for you it's for sure an advantage you know uh my father knows me real well nobody knows me as well as my father does mm-hmm. you know so he knows how to push me to my limit he knows what i he needs to get out of me and he knows how to get it out of me if he has to so it's a big advantage you know uh we got it's just the chemistry we got together that plays a big part. So with Father's Day actually coming up this Sunday and you kind of continuing training and getting ready for your next fight, is there anything your dad would tell you, obviously getting moving towards the prime now of your career? What's been his biggest advice to you and what have you kind of told him about where you see your trajectory going from here? Uh, You know, we stay in the gym. So Pops is just, uh, it's not really like, a big advice is just always like trying to fix my mistakes in the gym. That's what we're always focused on, fixing our mistakes, telling me how I could do it better. So uh, it's just details. We always focus on the little part of details, how we can make ourselves better in the gym. And uh, it's always boxing with us wherever we go. You know, like he's my father. I live with my trainer. 
So that's always be talking about in the house. So he's always, oh, you should do this more or do this less or do this better, you know? And uh, it's always like that, uh, 24-7 around us. Is it ever a little hard to never get that escape from boxing or do you love it so much that you love that 24-7 everything is boxing? Yeah, I love it. You know, um, I mean, when I'm watching TV or anything, I feel like just living doing anything a little is escape from boxing, you know, because I feel like my real life is boxing. So whether whatever I'm, I'm doing something different other than boxing, that's my little escape, if you would say, you know, so, uh, but, uh, I live in boxing. Uh, it's my life. This is all I do. So going back to when you were younger, obviously a big story that was talked about actually by ESPN and top rank and really been a key part of your career is the unfortunate loss of your mother has been a mm-hmm. huge driving factor for you. Can you kind of take my listeners through how that really does impact you every time you step in the ring? Yeah, uh, it comes from my mother being very supportive and always being in my fights. So uh, every time I step in there, you know, I, I feel her spiritually. Like she's looking down at me. So that's why every time I walk out uh, to the ring, my fights, I'll have her shirt on. Mm-hmm. Always a, a shirt with her on it. So uh, uh, it puts that little fire in you, for sure. Gives you a little spark of fire. Uh, makes you grateful, though, of a lot of other things, you know, besides <laughs> boxing. Uh, wakes you up big time. It's a reality check. I mean, something you, somebody you're used to waking up to every single day and seeing and talk to and you know, just communicating with, and now you don't have that anymore. Uh, you're reminded of it every day. So, uh, you know, it's tough, but, you know, through me, uh, I believe in God. So I'm Catholic, so I pray a lot, talk to God, and that helps a lot for me. How does that, it's something that we've talked about with a lot of past guests that have come on this show, a lot of past athletes who put their, um, their faith, their trust into God, how does that kind of grounding nature of having that relationship with God help you every time you get in the ring or help you when you especially are going through adversity in the ring? Yeah, it's all faith. You know, it's all the faith. Like, I feel more comfortable praying, you know. It's like a comfort blanket. You know, much more than that, but that's the best way I could describe it. Uh, It makes everything feel more smoother. You know, I feel more at ease. Hmm. That's a great way to put it. And now kind of looking at your career and what you've accomplished thus far obviously incredible record thus far to this point only one loss and I do want to talk about that loss a little bit because it was deemed by some as an upset and I guess my question for you and I just talked to Erickson Lubin a little while ago that episode's coming out afterwards but he's someone who lost to Charlo and then he unfortunately had the loss to Fundora recently and one thing he talked to me about was negativity that he received when he lost and not necessarily people coming down on him, but more people being like, yeah, you kind of deserved it. You deserve to lose. People tend to sometimes root against young fighters who come in with a lot of hype. Someone like yourself came in with a lot of accolades, a lot of hype. Do you, did you sense that when you lost for the first time? Was that a problem? And how did you kind of handle that negativity and that feedback? Uh, well, that's just how it is in professional boxing. You know, uh, you're always going to have your fans and then the ones rooting for you to lose. And, you know, uh, and when I lost, they were all showed up to come uh, talk about it, you know. But uh, I knew what it was. I knew how it was going to happen. You know, um, young, I signed pro, you know. Uh, there's going to be a lot of enviness, a lot of jealousy out there. But they just, you know, that's why we get paid to fight on TV, national TV and all that. 
because those are certain things we're going to have to deal with when uh, if that time comes. So uh, how did I do? I know who I am. I, I didn't really worry about it because I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm destined to be. So uh, I knew my career was still going to go push and, and go far, even though that was a little hiccup in the road. You know, so it was just it was just more of a learning experience more than anything. So uh, of course I didn't feel totally great after the fight, you know. But uh, like I said, I just had to remind myself I know who I was and wait on the next fight date and uh, excited to go back in there. And uh, even though my next fight after that one was very tough because uh, it was the weight, man. Uh, I couldn't be at that weight one thirty no more. That's why we moved up to thirty five. It was horrible. You know, losing all that weight was uh, made me sick. You know, the first fight, the second fight, my last fight, I wasn't sick. I was healthy, but I was totally drained, you know. So that's why I was able to fight and push through. Like, I was getting tired the fourth round. And I sparred 15 rounds in the gym before, like, for that camp. I sparred 15 rounds in the gym, so I shouldn't be getting tired within four no way, but uh, it was just the weight, man. The weight cut was just too devastating for me. So now being at the current weight you are at, is it a lot more comfortable, and does this division feel a lot more like a more long-term home that you can kind of handle and not necessarily have to have those big cuts like you were going through? Yeah, uh, it's, it's more uh, stable for me, I feel like, for sure. Uh, I haven't had my first fight at 35 yet, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. So now, looking at that record, obviously, we talked about the one loss, but there's 21 wins to complement that. So a lot of impressive performances that you've had to this point in your pro career. So I got to ask, 21 wins, what was the favorite win you've had in your mind thus far? It has to be the Stockton Arena fight uh, back in 2019, uh, May 4th, I believe the date was. It had to be that one, you know, uh, my hometown, sold out the arena. You know, a third round knockout. It was like a movie. It was painted perfectly. It was a great day for me and my city. So now looking towards what's next. Obviously, you mentioned the division jump up. But what is next on the cards for you? What is the next fight that you kind of have in your mind? And when when are we going to be seeing you back in the ring again? I get back in the ring July 23rd against a guy named Giovanni. Uh, he's 20 and 0. Uh, Southpaw, lengthy. Uh, I feel like it's a perfect matchup for me to go up and wait and fight uh, him. Uh, I feel like I can't wait to go in there and, and do great because I can only imagine how great I'm going to look uh, towards this guy. You know, uh, I'm a boxer. I'm a fighter, too, though. That's one thing about me. I can box, but I'm a fighter. At the end of the day, I'm a true fighter. This guy's not no fighter. He's just a boxer. You know, and uh, I'm going to employ that. I'm going to show that in the fight come July 23rd. That's why I'm excited that. There's so many tools I could use coming July 23rd, and I just can't wait to use them. I'm going to feel so comfortable in there. And as you kind of look towards that fight, is there any bad blood there? I know you just kind of mentioned that you're a boxer and a fighter. He's just a boxer. Do you feel like, you know, this is a big clash. You have one loss to your name, but he has no losses to his name thus far. Big clash coming off a win that... It was a majority decision. Some were kind of spurned by it. I know that it was mentioned that there was booze at the end of the fight. You felt like you won that. You did win that fight, in my opinion, as well. There's a lot to prove on your end. Is there bad blood towards Giovanni as you look towards this fight? Uh, no, no bad blood. You know, it's just all business. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the entertainment business also. So uh, when I go out there and I fight viciously and I go to stop him and I do all that, and... Um, 
I just show how much I want it. That's just me being a fighter, mm-hmm. plain and simple. Uh, that's just that's just like I said. That's just me being a fighter. Uh, I don't think I ever had bad blood in the ring, but I always threw and fought like I had bad blood. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I said, I'm a fighter at the end of the day. Um, my last fight, uh, I fought was already up on the cards, but I still pushed and went to out there to go forward and fight those last two three rounds because I'm a fighter. I didn't look to outbox him and finish the fight boxing. I went forward and fought and got down. That's mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to uh, play the safe route, you know, because like I said, I'm a fighter for sure. So now looking. I'm not even going to use the word if. I'm very. I'm a fan of yours. I'm very confident in your skill set, obviously. When you win this fight in July 23rd, what's next for you beyond that? What are some ambitions you have to kind of accomplish in the next year, two years, three years? Obviously, I'm, I kind of assume part of that's going to include having a belt around your waist at some point. Of course. I feel like after this fight, I'm going to be in great position. That's why I feel really more ambitious and to look great this this fight coming up, and which I know I am. I put in the work. It's all in the work. It's all in the sparring. It's all around in the gym. I've been doing everything right. I'm ready. I'm focused, and my, my skill level is just different. You know, this kid. He's a he's a good little boxer. But he looks like he makes a lot of mistakes. You know, he kind of looks like a novice amateur. You know, that wins nationals here and there. You know, good. He makes mistakes. You know, I've seen kids like this before. I know he's older than me, but I say kid because my mind's more up there my IQ my boxing experience you know I feel like it's much more higher but um what's next next is a big another big fight that can be close to a world title whatever it is whoever it is you know we're here at 135 we feel comfortable so this way it's just it, everything's gonna get cracking you know you know what a lot of the big names in the near future mm-hmm. you know uh like you said hopefully chasing that world title that's the main goal at the end of the day so looking towards some of those names, I know you mentioned all the big names are going to be around this weight class. Who are some guys that you have kind of circled as dream fights, as a guy that, you know, you're going to be super pumped to be standing opposite from in the ring? You know, well, for sure, uh, the obvious name is uh, Devin Haney. He got all the titles right now. So, of course, he's the one with the big target on his back. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going rooting for him against Cambosis, hoping he won and brought, brought all those titles back to top rank. And he did that. So, you know, now it gives me uh, more of a chance to have the opportunity to get in the ring. So that's one thing I, I look forward to. Hopefully it can happen. And somebody like Devin Haney, really strong fighter, really good defensive fighter as well. How do you feel like your styles would match up in a potential fight like that one day down the line? Well, that would be a great fight. A little bit of a chess match, hmm. you know. But uh, who knows? You know, uh, that's just an opportunity I want in the future that I'd be excited for, that I'd be most definitely ready for. So we talked a lot about your father and his impact on you. Outside of the ring, and this could be teeing you up for you to use him again as the answer here, but who has had the biggest influence on you and your development as a man? And it can include how you've developed as a fighter, how your mind's developed in anything as well. Uh... Man, uh, me growing up influenced me besides my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say to this day, I hold on to a lot of the things my mom still taught me. You know, uh, I was almost 13. I was 12 years old when she passed. And uh, she gave me a lot of life lessons, 
and a lot of things I still hold on today that created the man I am today. And uh, I thank her for that because uh, she's a big part of me and uh, lives on because with the lessons she taught me and all that. You know, uh, but so as far as in boxing, who influenced me in boxing was Roy Jones Jr., who's a big inspir- uh, inspiration to me in boxing. For sure, he inspired me a lot. Uh, I used to try to do a lot of his moves when I was younger. Maybe the knockout from Stockton uh, Arena fight back in 2019 was one of his punches, the leaping left hook you know, that I got from him. So uh, in the boxing world, it was Roy Jones for sure. I was real, uh, I was real into it when he fought. Uh, when he fought, I just it was my eyes on the TV and it didn't leave, even though I was much younger at the time. Very cool. Now, one thing that I always love to ask fighters, because for me, maybe this is probably showing that I'd probably get my ass kicked in the ring, but my biggest focus would be not on what would be happening in the ring, but the walkout. Obviously, one of the coolest parts about fighting, especially in a big arena, is the walkout, the entrance. And you mentioned wearing the shirt to dedicate to your mom, but what is the song of choice for you, or at least your favorite song that you've had that you've walked out to thus far in your career? My favorite song, uh, I think it was a great song that uh, went with me uh, when I walked out. It would probably had to be uh, Untouchable by NBA Youngboy. It was a pretty good song. You know, uh, it's just the lyrics in it. It was good. Fire you up, pump you up. Get some time, listen to it. I'm sure you'll like it. Hmm. So is there a song that you haven't walked out to yet that you kind of have circled, maybe even for July 23rd, that you're going to walk out to? Um, there's no for sure song that I'm going to walk out to July 23rd. You know, for my walkout, the most thing that uh, is really in my head and in my mind is the outfit. Okay. You know, my trunks, the top. And, you know, we got that all set already. So uh, I'm excited because it's just, you know, look good, feel good, fight good. That's how I feel. And every time I go in that ring, uh, I feel like part of the whole card, I got the best outfit. Ooh, fight good, pay good, pay good, live good. Yeah. There it is. All right, so you said you picked the outfit. Can you leak what the color is going to be, or? Uh, green and gold. All right. Green and gold. All right, mm-hmm. I like it. So looking towards that July 23rd fight, is there anything you're doing differently to prep for this fight? Obviously, a different weight class than you're used to. Is there anything that you're doing significantly different in the ring, or maybe even dieting? Obviously, you don't have to cut as much weight as you typically would have to. It's always a diet still, though. I'm still dieting. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, nah, I'm just working my ass off, you know, do everything right. You know, uh, got a strength and conditioning trainer, got my father. You know, got a lot of great people on my team that makes uh, it a lot easier for me. Got Jay Prince, got Andre Ward. So, you know, we're doing everything right uh, as we've been. But the only thing was my last goal fight was the weight cut, which was on me. You know, I should have mm-hmm. moved up, but I wanted to stay at 130 to win the world title at 130. Because that's where I started off my career. So that's what I was looking forward to. But, uh, you know, my pops was telling me I'm over. But, you know, uh, you live, you learn. So you mentioned Devin Haney as somebody, definitely it sounds like you have a lot of respect for, that you want to get in the ring with at some point. But who's a guy that maybe you don't respect a whole lot or you don't like the way they fight, they carry themselves, that you do want to get in the ring with? And maybe that fighter side is going to come out instead of like that boxing chess match side that you talked about with Haney. Yeah, um, I don't have really any uh, animosity towards anybody, really. I'm focused on myself. I do me. I mean, I see all kinds of things going on on Twitter, a lot of barking, mm-hmm. a lot of this, a lot of that. But uh, that's 
that's not me. You know, um, I'm more a hands-on type of person. Tell somebody how I feel or anything. You know, that's why you don't really see me on Twitter like that or Instagram, you know, posting things. You know, there's a few people, a few kids out there, a few boxers that go about the ways that they shouldn't go about the ways of uh, trying to get a fight, this and that. But, you know, that's them. You know, don't make me feel any type of way towards them, but that's them. That could never be me. Fair enough. Now, looking, and I just getting down to the final two que- or final three questions here, one thing, and it kind of ties into different fighters and whatnot, one thing that this podcast, obviously Ambitious with Dylan Price, is based on is interviewing the most ambitious people. You've, you're someone who has world title aspirations. You're someone who's incredibly talented and already has had a fantastic career thus far. But what separates you from other fighters, from other individuals? What is the ambitions you have that really differentiate you uh i want it all you know uh i'm real hungry very hungry you know no matter how comfortable i start living i already live always in the back of my head remember those days from the humble beginnings you know at any time they could be this could be taken away from me so i work my ass off and knowing that i go in there and try to take it all you know i want all the belts uh, every weight division that I step in. That was part of the reason that 130, that I was trying to stay there. I was trying to accomplish that. But uh, my body didn't let me. You know, uh, I've been through a lot growing up. So whatever's going on in the ring, I could deal with. No matter what it is, what's going on, uh, I get hit, whatever. You know, that's not really going to affect me like that. I, I got that in me to continue and not let it bother me. I don't shallow away. I get hit, I respond. Even if I see a lot of fighters, they get hit, they respect that punch, and they get calm, they calm their ass down. That's not me. You know, you hit me, I, I, I get I get more fire in me. I feel like, okay, come on, let's see. You know, that's how I feel. Um, I want to go to it more. Like I said, I'm from Stockton. We're the type of people, we go to the challenge and try to see what it is. You know, we try to test it, everything. We're trying to see the whole play out. The whole thing, you can't hide, hide nothing from us because we're going to find out. We're going to pull your car if you're not like that. And uh, when I'm in the ring, that's what I try to do. You know, I don't run away or shy from anything. I think that's why I'm different. Because uh, and when I'm in the ring, I really, I don't really care what the other side's going to do. I know what I'm going to do. I'm not worried about what he's going to do. I know what I'm going to do. I'm not, if his game plan is not in my head, I'm not worried about his game plan because I know I'm going to execute mine. And that's all I got to do. He's not going to be able to stop me from doing what I want to do. That's the dog in you. That's the fighter Mm -hmm. in you. And it's definitely why I think you're going to be a champion someday and why you will be probably pretty soon, especially in a talented weight class. So excited to see all you accomplish. And I'm curious, and this is is a question that everybody who comes on the podcast, I have them answer this. So when it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to have been? Uh, I want to use my voice, you know, uh, or like like I said, the kids in the Stockton, make sure a lot of the kids, you know, I know there's a lot of places like Stockton or similar around the nation, you know, uh, let them know, you know, you can start off with nothing and build something, you know, it feels like your world's crashing at such a young age, the odds are stacked against you, you know, uh, which it is, the odds are stacked against you, but the odds are always stacked against us and we always make it up on top, just got to keep on pushing and fighting, uh, they feel like they don't have no opportunities, you know, they don't, they don't have a chance to do what they want. They don't uh, 
have a chance to have a dream or to be ambitious, to dream anything. They don't have that luxury. They feel they feel so limitless, but I don't want them to feel like that. You're just going to have to go and take everything. You know, you're not giving anything. You just got to go work hard and take it, you know, and work your ass off. You know, uh, it's always going to feel like you're a step further, step further, something more traumatic happens, something traumatizing. You know, it's all this trauma that make you feel like you're so much farther. But, you know, in life, you get uh, dealt a hand of cards. It's just how you play them. You can't change those cards. You just got to play them right. The next move got to be good. And that's what it's all about, your next move. You know, because uh, sometimes stuff in life happens that we can't control. You know, and uh, like I said, in the hood, man, it's always like that. Uh, you always see something happening that you can't control. You can't help, you know, uh, and so it brings you down even more. It makes you feel this more fire, just angry. You know, sometimes you're ready to throw your life away. You know, but uh, it's all about being strong mentally. And like I said, always know that you always could do something out there. You know, uh, no matter what it is, uh, you're not, you're not, you're, you, you got a chance to make it still. You're not totally out the picture. You know, like I said, the Austin DS type can seem to be a little harder for you, but that's all right. All that means you just got to work a little harder. You got to work harder uh everybody around you you know uh, and try for them try to find a role model so that's what i hope to be you know when it's all said and done a role model you know i started off you know my family uh lost a lot of family members then boom lost my mother you know like i threw all that like i was i haven't even really done much in boxing and i feel like my dreams were so far but it kept me pushing kept on working and boom i got signed Boom, you know, took my first loss. Like, it's always, like, feel like something's a step back. But like I said, just got to keep on pushing. You know, the road, the road to success isn't easy. So uh, hopefully later they can look at me like, damn, he's been through it all. He had a tough life. He didn't have it easy either. You know, and uh, boom, look what he did. He didn't let that be an excuse. So uh, hopefully they can look at me like that somewhere along those lines. You're a very introspective person, somebody who, as you mentioned, has been through a lot. Is there advice, if you could go back, that you'd give your younger self? Would you change anything about how you've kind of handled things and who you are today? Uh, yeah, I put a, uh, my younger self, I would have just, man, I put a lot of pressure on myself, stress. I was a young kid stressing, you know. Uh, so, like, everything in my head, like, I damn near have headaches just because I was stressing so much. I just try to tell myself to relax, but um, I was pretty good at that. You know, I stayed composed, but on the inside, I was going crazy, you know, angry, all kinds of things, you know. But I feel like for the most part, uh, I did good talking to, uh, growing up, I always talked to myself in my head, make sure I was relaxed, calm, don't act out of character. You know, I always try to stay composed and not act out of character, no matter what my problems going through, I didn't let try to beat me. No, I didn't try to let my demons beat me up and all that. Make me act out of character, so I always try to stay composed. So my last question for you here, and this is a complete change of pace from the deep conversation we've been having about your past, about all the incredible things you're going to accomplish in the future. So my question for you is, if you could be any kind of boat, what boat would you be and why? I'd be a yacht. You know, if I was any type boat, I'd be a yacht. You know, the biggest yacht with the helicopters on top because that says uh, I want it all. You know, like I said, in this box, I'm here for it all. I'm not here just for one world title, none of that. I'm here to take it all, the legacy, getting all I could get. 
you know, uh, if it's there, I'm going to take it. You know, if there's a chance, I'm going to take it, you know. So uh, I, that's my mindset. My mindset is everything. You know, if I'm not number one, I'm last. So I'm going to keep on trying to get to number one. I don't really care where I'm at in the rankings because I'm not number one. So that's uh, why I touch the title and then another title, you know, pound for pound. Hmm. I mean, they got another list, you know, and even after boxing, after boxing, maybe I try to start acting more or try to do this, try to do that. You know, always trying to get my hands in something, you know, then rather than just being satisfied, I'm not the type of person to ever be satisfied. That's hmm. not me. I'm not, I'm not a person to be content with what I got. I always want more just because I know I could do more. It's got nothing to do with greed. It's just more to, I want to be at my full potential and see what the most I could do. You said outside of boxing, you want to live your full potential. Acting was something you mentioned. Is that one of the passions you would want to pursue when it's all said and done? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's always been in my mind since a kid, something I want to do, but uh, we got to work on plan A first, you know, and we got to make sure this boxing works out. This is the first step. All right, so we'll talk about plan A now. I'd love to have you back on when you're a world champion pretty soon. And then when you're at the Oscars, getting that Oscar in a couple of years after your boxing career is over and your acting career takes off, we'll talk about that again. And then we can talk about plan B once it's all set after plan A. That sounds good. <laughs> all right, Gabe, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. It was a pleasure to sit down and talk to you. Where can the people find you on Instagram, on all your socials? And where can everybody check out the fight on July 23rd with Giovanni? Uh, thank you for having me. And, uh, my Instagram and Twitter is uh, G underscore squad underscore nation. My Facebook is just Gabriel Flores. And to tune in to my fight July 23rd, it'll be on ESPN Plus app. You know, come watch. I'm put on a hell of a performance. Uh, you can see the best Gabriel Flores yet. You know, and I'm only getting better each time. Better and better and more comfortable and more dangerous. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, go watch his fight on ESPN Plus on July 23rd. It's going to be awesome. He is going to take the dub, and then you can come back and listen to this episode when he wins an Oscar in a couple years, and then you'll hear him put that prophecy out as well. But thanks again for coming on, Gabriel. It was a pleasure to sit down with you. And no problem. Thank you for having me. My thanks to Gabriel Flores Jr. for taking the time to sit down with us here on Ambitious. It was a ton of fun getting to hear his story and getting to really get an insight to one of the best up-and-coming young boxers in the game, something we didn't even touch on. He is 22 years old, guys. He's going to be a superstar. He really is already approaching superstardom, and July 23rd could be the coronation of what has already been a fantastic first 22 fights, his 23rd fight on the 23rd on ESPN+. Plus Should be a thriller. He should take down Giovanni Cabrera. Cabrera is yet to lose until the 23rd. So we're big fans of Flores here at Ambitious, and once again, we thank him for coming on. Go check out all his stuff. Go watch his fight on the 23rd. Should be a great one for top-ranked boxing. And if you want to keep watching more of this stuff, more of our stuff, check out at Ambitious Podcast on Instagram, Twitter Ambitious with DP, YouTube is just Dylan Price now, no longer Ambitious with Dylan Price, just Dylan Price. And you can find this podcast wherever you're listening right now, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is, give us a like, give us a review, all the feedback helps. If you like this episode, give a little review about it, let us know why you liked it. And it was a really great time, as I mentioned once again, having Gabe Flores on, And I hope you enjoyed and come hang out with me again next week when Erickson Lubin, another fantastic young boxer, joins the pod. See you then.